It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dr. Peter Hammond. Welcome back, Peter. Thank you, Audrey. Always good to be back with Real Talk. And so much has gone on since we last met. Yes, exactly. And that's why I want to jump right in. It's It's been bad enough to see glimpses of New Zealand and Australia's tyranny, but now we have it on our northern border. Would you say that Trudeau is carrying out, uh, what he's carrying out is an outright takeover since he... You know, he used an Emergencies Act, which has never been used in Canadian history, against peaceful protesters. Yes, indeed. I've done some speaking to as an Australian. My impression was the Canadians are some of the most peaceful, restrained people on the planet. I didn't know they could demonstrate. So to think that the New World Order globalists have so uh, pushed the Canadians too far that even the Canadians were protesting, uh, that should be a wake-up call to everybody because uh, I would have thought they're the last place on earth that you would have expected any major resistance. And uh, uh, to see how Klaus Schwab has boasted that he owns the cabinet of the uh, Canadians and how Justin Trudeau is one of his people and how he's infiltrated, his words. This isn't some conspiracy theory. This is what he said on video at the... Robert, uh, at the John F. Kennedy um, Institute, right. uh, that was on the wall behind while he's boasting of, you know, he's got most of the cabinet of uh, uh, Canada and Justin Trudeau is his man and uh, how they're instituting the Great Reset. And, you know, this whole term, the Great Reset, it isn't a theory. It's the title of a book written by Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Really? The Great Reset. And, oh my and he's, he's written the book. The Great Reset, COVID nineteen, and the Great Reset, and he's written also the fourth uh, revolution, fourth industrial revolution. But in his book, The Great Reset, Klaus Schwab articulates how United Nations Agenda twenty one and Agenda twenty thirty will radically restructure everything throughout the world. And so, my understanding is you should call the Great Reset the Great Revolution, right. because they speak about radically restructuring. So there's a whole lot of R's there. The Great Reset, the R we should think of as revolution, and to use Klaus Schwab's words, radically restructure everything. And when you understand that what uh, Justin Trudeau is doing in Canada is he's implementing, faithfully implementing, United Nations Agenda 21, which stands for the 21st century, even though they uh, came up with Agenda 21 at the Rio Conference on Sustainable Development 1992, wow. and then Agenda 2030 comes from the, again, uh, they call it Rio 2.0, and that was organized by the United Nations Sustainable Development, and that was held in 2012. And so this Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 is basically everything we've seen going on over the last two years, where the government will put tremendous constraints and control everything. And basically its goal is a global welfare state where everybody will be dependent upon the state for everything. And it will necessitate the abolition of faith, families, and nations. And the future, they say, must be borderless and propertyless. No one owns anything, but they will be happy. You know, and and I don't know if you noticed that the, the COVID 
mandates have been the perfect pretext to dismantle uh, our, uh, you know, human rights. Like, for instance, the lockdowns, they um, the right to move freely and earn a live, you know, a livelihood. Um, mask and vaccine mandates, um, the right to our bodily autonomy, and then war on misinformation, which was freedom of speech and association. I mean, gee, is that a coincidence? No, it is not a coincidence, especially when you realize that the COVID-19 is made in a lab. Uh, this, you know, They may want to say that it was leaked by accident, but here you've got the most contagious uh, virus ever, which everybody in the planet either got or will get. And, uh, you know, I, maybe there's a hermit somewhere in the Himalayas that might escape it, but everybody's going to get it at some stage. And it's amazing how many got it so fast. Well, it was made to be so uh, absolutely contagious. And uh, it was made in a lab. And it looks like Fauci and the U.S. taxpayers actually paid for it. And it, this is not accidental because what they are doing right now is exactly what the Agenda 21, Agenda 2030 said. This isn't something from Alex Jones. This isn't some yeah. theory. This is what they... Now, when you read the book by uh, Klaus Schwab, he's quite clear. In fact, he's saying in his book, COVID-19 and the Great Reset, that the world needs to restructure time now to speak of BC and AC, before coronavirus and after coronavirus. And he says... That's the great reset. The world as we knew it in the early months of 2020 is no more, dissolved in the context of the pandemic. And so the changes are so great that we will talk in the future, he says, of before coronavirus and after coronavirus. So 2020 is now the new year one. And literally, this is, and he said, we cannot allow life to return back to normal. We must change everything. So he insists in his book, every country, from the United States to China, those are the two countries he chose the examples of, must participate. Every industry, from oil and gas to tech, must be transformed. And he insisted that stronger and more effective global government is essential. We must build entirely new foundations for our economic and social systems. And if you want to know what they're talking about, just look at Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, because those are the countries which are most energetically enforcing the Agenda 21, the Agenda 2030, and the Great Reset. So when you look at Justin Trudeau, who believes that peaceful protesters, and boy, I think these truckers must be the most peaceful peaceful protesters ever. Yeah. Crime went down. <laughs> was there. They were cleaning up the streets. They were feeding the homeless. They were scrubbing the monuments. I mean, it looked like huge block parties. There they are dancing, doing ice hockey, uh, singing, uh, yeah. it's it just, it, it, I've never seen such a piece, you know, in Africa, when we have a demonstration of protest, it's often violent. Yeah. Well, these were so peaceful, the violence only started once the martial law uh, state of emergency was declared, and uh, they sent in the cavalry, literally, to trample the demonstrators, and, and to think that Justin Trudeau goes so far as he's going to freeze their bank accounts, well, I believe he has frozen their bank accounts, arrest the demonstrators for, for what? For what? For parking illegally and for protesting peacefully. And they're going to take away their children and put them up for foster care yeah. and take their pets and euthanize them. I mean, is this man out of his mind? Well, actually, no. Because remember, 
Justin Trudeau is on record as saying the government he most admires is that of Red China. <laughs> he says it's a perfect dictatorship. No, he, he's on record as saying this something like eight years ago, and there's a video of him where he's saying China's really, if you think about it, they can get things done. It's, it's the perfect form of government. So he's obviously got a real soft spot for dictators, doesn't he? Yeah, gee, I wonder if that has anything to do with his birth dad. But anyway... <laughs> Yeah, that's another story, isn't it? You know, who is? is, Yeah, he is. Who is Klaus Schwab? Because I know he's the one that started the World Economic Forum. Yes, correct. So Klaus Schwab is the founder of the World Economic Forum and is the leader of the World Economic Forum. And boy, does he have a lot of pals. And so every year, uh, he is bringing together... Uh, huge amounts of people, some of the most wealthy people on the planet. So, uh, for example, Prince Charles um, is one of his <laughs> pals. And uh, Prince Charles said, we need bold and de- decisive leadership and determination and imaginative action. We need to evolve our economic model, nothing short of a paradigm shift, one that inspires action at a revolutionary level and at revolutionary pace. We cannot waste any more time. And that's Prince Charles, who's he's mm-hmm. a fervent population control advocate. But you know, his father, Prince Philip, who's also a friend of, of Klaus Schwab, was even more blunt. Did you hear this famous quote of Prince Philip? In the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to come back as a deadly virus to contribute something to solving overpopulation. Oh my now, gosh. That is what Prince Philip said in the context of the World Economic Forum as a, alongside uh, Klaus Schwab because they believe the world is overpopulated. You know, along with Bill Gates, WEF wants to bring the world's population down to about 500 million. The problem is there's 7.9 billion people on the planet. So that means there's a bunch of us that they consider surplus. So in 2014, there was a summit in London called Inclusive Capitalism, sponsors including everyone from the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, Prince Charles, IMF Chief Christine Lagarde, US President Bill Clinton, Bank of England boss Mark Cheney, US Treasury Secretary Larry Summers, top CEOs, pension fund bosses. They said the participants represented about one third of the world's wealth. And uh, their agenda was to force companies to implement Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 um, sustainable goals, sustainable uh, development goals, as they want to call it. And they are speaking about we need to have income equality, not only amongst individuals, but amongst countries. Now, that means, uh, do you think that means they want to bring uh, Congo and Abyssinia up to the level of American? No, no, no. They're going to bring American Europe down to the levels of some of the poorest countries in the world. That's what they call about equality amongst countries. And uh, uh, when it comes to the future, uh, they declared, in the future, you'll own nothing. You will rent. And, and be you glad, will, right? <laughs> and you'll be happy. You will rent. <laughs> and I bet I know who we're going to rent from. Yeah. Them, Them. The government. Do you know that at this um, sustainability conference, they spoke about a billion people will migrate from the third world to settle in the West? And they blame that on climate change. And the West must welcome these refugees, they say. A billion, one billion people must move into the West. That's Europe and North America. And they say the future must be borderless and propertyless. Now, when you hear this, you may think, this sounds absolutely insane. But do you know that the dictator of communist China boasts that 
it was China who played the crucial role in developing Agenda 2030, which was accepted really? by the leaders of 171 countries oh in God. 2012 at the UN Sustainability Conference. The dictate of China boasts in their own propaganda organs that the CCP, the Communist Party of China, played a crucial role in developing Agenda 2030. And that's why you can see Klaus Schwab embracing uh, the dictator of China. You can see him beaming uh, there along with all the different uh, usual suspects, the whole bunch. And so he then writes in his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. Now, this is also Klaus Schwab, WF leader. He writes that the fourth industrial revolution will fuse our physical, digital, and biological identity. Now, this is not a theory. He gave this in a speech at Chicago Council of Global Affairs, and he wrote it in his book on the fourth. Uh, it was published in 2016. Get this, 2016. Shaping the future of the fourth industrial revolution, this globalist schema explains how looming technological changes will allow governments to intrude into the hitherto private space of our minds, reading our thoughts and influencing our behavior. The fourth industrial revolution technologies will not stop at becoming part of the physical world, world around us. They will become part of us. Indeed, our smartphones have become an extension of ourselves. But today's external devices, wearable computers, virtual reality health, headsets, will certainly become implantable in our bodies and our brains. Wow. And then he says, these technologies are active implantable microchips that will be under the skin barrier of our bodies. And these implantable devices will help communicate our thoughts, normally expressed verbally through built-in smartphones and express thoughts and moods by reading brainwaves and other signals. And these technologies will give the government the opportunity for pre-crime investigation as law enforcement agencies and courts will able to use techniques to determine the likelihood of criminal activity and assess guilt and retrieve memories directly from people's brains and be able to do a detailed brain scan to assess an individual's security risk. Oh this God. is quote-unquote from Klaus Schwab, Fourth Industrial Revolution, and he's boasting about it at Chicago at this Global um, uh, Technologies Summit. I mean, can you believe it. The Chicago Council of Global Affairs, he spoke about all this, but it's in his books, The Great Reset and The Fourth Industrial Revolution. This is their plan. Yeah, you know, um, looking back a little bit on, on he, he was, you know, born in Germany. Gee, I'm really surprised by that. And his, apparently his, his family was being interrogated, his mother was interrogated by the Gestapo because she, I guess, in public was speaking with a Swiss accent. And then they left Germany and went to Switzerland. But apparently, uh, maybe his family didn't admire the Gestapo, but he apparently did, didn't he? Well, um, he certainly seems to remind one of another person from Germany, or Karl Marx, yeah. and he's got, in fact, his agenda is very much like Karl Marx. The state must control education, the state must control everything, the mass media, and so on. And yes, I'd say this is like Gestapo KGB tactics. This is the boot on the neck, which is exactly what our poor friends in Canada are experiencing. The most peaceful protest probably in our lifetimes by some of the most law-abiding people on the planet. And now they're getting charged by cavalry. They're getting some poor old woman uh, on a walker getting crushed under the hooves of the horses and then the and they're lying about it. police on an internal 
uh, email uh, their, their chat group laughing about this and, and sharing it and um, showing pictures of them uh, eating donuts and uh, sipping beer, uh, toasting the next opportunity they can um, let these protesters feel their jackboots on the ice and uh, trample more of them under the hooves of their horses and actually laughing about it. Yeah. So this is the kind of, I mean, these guys, where do they get the inspiration from? Do they... Do they read 1984 as a uh, of George Orwell as a manual, or do they not see it as a warning? Do they, is the KGB their model? Well, it's very disturbing, especially to me. As far as I'm concerned, the Ottawa police are thugs. They're thugs. There's no other way to put it, uh, because it seems that the first, the uh, just recently, the Ottawa police chief had uh, they they I think they forced him to resign because he wasn't going to participate in this, and they forced him to resign. And they got themselves a, a you know a tyrant wannabe in there, and he's the the thug that's leading all this and persecuting. Uh, the Canadian people. I mean, he's, they're twisted. They're twisted. It's, a, it's very disturbing to see this. But they are. Um, they're the brown shirts. Actually, would be you know one step up. <laughs> no, actually, they would be one step down from where they are. They. This is a free country, and look what its government is doing now. I had mentioned off air, but you know the the military had said they were not going to be part of this, which means they're still on the side of the people, and and perhaps uh, the conservative leader Candace uh, Bergen, like uh, I had mentioned, my producer said, should go to the military and tell them that the government has been taken. Uh, excuse me, the the country has been taken. From, away from the people by the government, you need to go in, remove him, and and restore the government to the people, because I don't see any other way. Do you? Well, that 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 is one solution, and it, that would be a valid one. Another one, which it's such a pity the Queen of England is uh, so ill at this time, because and she's ninety five. Uh, I don't know what to advise her, but the Queen is the head of state of Canada. It is a constitutional monarchy. She has the authority to fire the Prime Minister and the entire cabinet. Well, she and should. she did this back in back in nineteen seventy five, I think, the Australian government was behaving so badly they were literally swearing at one another in Parliament and they were an absolute impasse and acting like thugs themselves. And so the Queen ordered the entire cabinet and parliament, including the prime minister, fired. And they had to go back to the polls and get a mandate. And the electorate really um, mm -hmm. gave them a punishing. People were shocked and said, can the Queen do that? And actually, yes, she can. Uh -huh. She doesn't interfere often, but she does have the authority to do this. And so um, it's such a pity the Queen hasn't stepped in already. But uh, And it's very unfortunate that she seems to be in her last days because I don't expect much good from her son, Prince Charles. If Prince William was the king, that might be a little different. But yeah. um, the queen does have the authority to remove him. If she did that, then I think the army would move at a moment's notice. Um, because the way Canada's being run right now, it looks like a brutal dictatorship. How can you beat up? Have you seen the pictures of the... Canadian police, all dressed in black with his, with military weapons. Now, this is a country where the people aren't allowed to have weapons, so the, the population is basically disarmed. Uh, handguns are illegal. They can only be in the hands of the police and so on. And so they've got a disarmed population, 
And have you seen them with the full military-grade weapons and outfits and helmets and the rest, and they are holding these hulking great big – these aren't even truncheons. These are massive wooden sticks. Have you seen this? Yeah. Um, yeah. Clubs. They're, they're actually holding clubs. And th- this against peaceful protesters, what kind of thugs are these – and what kind of government does that and threatens to take away their children and to kill their pets? Yes, yes. It, and, and confiscate their livelihood, their, their rigs, their vehicles, and cancel their uh, license to drive vehicles. And, and, you know, have you, could you, and this is the same prime minister who came out to the BLM, the Burnley yeah. murder mob in 2020, yeah. took a knee and gave them money and gave all of whatever they asked for, he gave. So he did nothing when they were destroying monuments, burning uh, shops, looting places, but he, he came out and support them. But here you've got peaceful people who cleaning up the suburb and bring the crime rate in Ottawa down, and he unleashes martial law on them. Yeah, and, and they're doing even worse than that because what they're doing is they're going after people who financially supported it. I mean, they locked a, a woman who's a single mom, gave $50 to support the truckers and they locked her account. They locked her her her, uh, her bank account so she can't get any money. This this is have how you, yeah just because she supported them. Audrey, have, have you ever heard in your life of a, a government going after donors to a demonstration group they don't agree with? No, I've never heard no, of that before. This well, is outrageous. The China. Yeah, this, the red China that do it, but I've never heard of a Western government doing that before. No, it doesn't. I, I mean. You know, listeners, step back and look at this. This is going on in Australia. This is going on in New Zealand. And this is going on in Canada, some of the the three of the most peaceful, placid, laid-back countries. And their governments have turned tyrannical. This is not a coincidence. It is not. And uh, I'll tell you something else that may sound bizarre, Audrey. Um, as a South African who lives in South Africa with all of his children and grandchildren, mind you, um, uh, but... I've got a lot of South African friends who fled South Africa, the racist, violent, communist government, uh, and went to places like Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. I've got friends in all those three places who went there for a better life and to get away from violence and to get away from tyrannical government where they could have more peace and freedom. And they all now regretting deeply and wishing they could come back from Prison Island and uh, <laughs> get away from a KGB jackboot uh, uh, Fidel Castro uh, the second, and uh, <laughs> they just staggered. They went to countries that were free and peaceful, and look how they've become worse than South Africa and ANC. I've got more freedom of speech and freedom to protest and freedom of movement in South Africa than friends of mine who have gone to Canada, Australia, and New Zealand. My gosh, and, and it's become a, a situation now in Canada that if you fly the Canadian flag, the police will stop you, that you're a suspect. Well, have you heard it's, it's even worse than that? Not only is the Canadian flag now described as racist. I mean, there's old, um, sorry, I almost said Fidel Castro. Uh, there's <laughs> Justin Trudeau in Parliament saying he's sick of seeing all these racist flags. And all the pictures I can see, I can only see Canadian, Canadian flags, flags as far as the eye can see. And you know, does he hate his own flag? But now do you know they yeah. banned the word freedom in Canada? Yeah, freedom is a freedom right. is a is a trigger word for white supremacy and racism and right wing extremist groups. Freedom. So people shouting or writing or tweeting freedom are obviously 
to get the attention of the police. And another thing that they were saying in support, the people were saying in support of the truckers was honk honk. And you had a, a liberal MP uh, in in the parliament there saying that that honk honk really means Heil Hitler. Oh, I never knew that. <laughs> Gee, you learn something new every day, don't you? It is stunning to me what has happened, and they uh, look for them as you had said. Uh, for them to do this, you really had to step over the line. So I think th- another way to handle this is the truckers. See, look, if the truckers strike, nothing moves, and the economy will die there. Uh, they need to strike until he's removed from office. You can't forget about the mandates now. He's got to be removed. Well. This is an interesting point that I think the truckers coming out and protesting was a very, very good thing. It inspired people all over the world. Yeah. Just in Cape Town in South Africa, we had 100 vehicles in a freedom convoy uh, in Cape Town just in solidarity and sympathy with what our friends in Canada are going through uh, this last Saturday. But um, all over the world, uh, pe- pe- people are moving as, as uh, a result of uh, what they have stood for. But the truckers made a good stand against it. But, you know, if they aren't allowed to demonstrate, there's another way of them making a stand. Stay at home. Stay at home. Don't do the deliveries. And if they stay at home, Canada will really be in trouble because they need those trucks to deliver everything, basically. Right. I, I You know, this was t- for them to remove the mandates. I say now, strike till he's removed. Strike and say, you you want us to, to, to work again? You want us to go? Then he has to be removed. Otherwise, we will not. That's it. Yes, so, so that, that's more passive resistance. But passive resistance by these massive truckers, um, that would really hit the economy very hard. And the hypocrisy of Justin Trudeau saying we needed this martial law in order to get the economy going, to remove the blockers, to get people going. And the conservatives in Australia saying, what are you talking about? You've been locking down the economy and putting blockages on everything, including on the truckers, yeah. uh, for two years. And now yeah. you're acting like uh, you're concerned to get the economy going and to yeah. stop interfering with people's lives. You've been interfering with people's lives for two years. In fact, that's what prompted the truckers to come to Ottawa in the first place. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Peter, where can the listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your books? Where can they do that? Thank you. My personal email is peter at frontline.org.za. Peter at frontline.org.za. Our website is www.frontlinemissionsa.org. The SA stands for South Africa, so frontlinemissionsa.org. That's our website. And we're also on Facebook, so you can find Frontline Fellowship or Peter Hammond on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Excellent. And as always, I'll have those links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com. Click on the honor button and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info that Peter just shared. Thanks so much again, Peter, for your brilliant assessments. We look forward to your return to the show. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Thank you. Amen to that.